John Tesh was one of the most famous television personalities uh, of his era. He was also a composer and right in the middle of a really great career as a, you know, he was in the Olympics. He did all these different hosting projects. He was on national news. Right in the middle of it, he walked away to be a music composer. And then he wrote uh, Round Ball Rock, the NBA uh, theme on NBC, considered a great sports theme. And I mean, this guy's rolling. He's got it all happening. Then five years ago, he hit a brick wall. And the brick wall was called cancer. Now, Three years after the doctors told him, get your affairs in order because you won't be here any longer. Three years later, something has happened to him so dramatic. And I've asked him to share it, uh, what's happening with his healing. He has a tattoo on his left arm. And today, we're going to tell you what it says on Brave Men. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. Hey, I'm with John Tesh, and, and John has, to me, John, you're like Teddy Roosevelt. You've had this amazingly enormous life, and but you just wrote a book because you went through uh, trauma over the last few years. Most of us know you from television, or or basketball fans know you as the uh, what was the name of the song? Roundhouse. Yeah, close enough. Round round yeah. ball rock. Yeah, round ball good. rock. Yeah, and uh, the theme for the NBC NBA on NBC, and uh, you've been around all that, so we know that. And then we see you on television, and we see your concerts, sold millions of albums. So you wrote a book, and precipitated by this um, dyna- dr- dramatic journey that just happened in your life in the last few years. And tell me about that. Tell me what, what was diagnosed just a few years ago and, and how that shifted everything in your world. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, what's really wild is, uh, first of all, is that, you know, when, when HarperCollins, Thomas Nelson was saying, we're going to re- release this book now, uh, I'm like, well, can we wait till September? You know, but uh, maybe this virus will clear out a little bit. And they're, yeah. and they're saying, no, because what's, what's in the book, what you went through in, in a couple of different instances, might be encouragement for people, you know, in a trip, trip, trip out of ad- I think adverse, so. adversity, and and uh, and we're getting that kind of reaction, uh, and mostly from the mostly from the audio book because, uh, you know, for uh, for some reason, um, Amazon is prioritizing toilet paper over my book. So if I'm just kidding, <laughs> it's true. Some people are downloading the audio book. I don't know if and, there's a metaphor there, but that's yeah. I, I had a hard time just putting that sentence together, as you can tell. Um, Anyway, the um, yeah, what what happened was uh, my manager is an old friend of mine, a guy named Mike Atkins, who represents a lot of great uh, Christian artists, and and he became my manager just like a couple of years ago because he, he had retired and he came back and he said, "I love what you're I love what you're doing, John." And he, I think he was calling me from a duck blind too, and he goes, he goes, "I really think you should write a book," and I'm like, "No," because no, he knew what I was going through in the, the cancer journey. I was like three years into it. And um, I said, uh, well, that's flattering. And he goes, yes, in fact, I've got an offer from Harper College. I said, have you already talked to them? He said, yes, they're very interested in you telling your story. But they want to know if you have any, I can't do the accent that long. It took me years to train my North Carolina root, my, my, my accent out of me. So now, right. uh, anyway, uh, yeah, and so they, we had a meeting on the phone. And they said, uh, do you have any other stories other than the cancer journey? And I said, I said, yes. And I sent them an outline. They go, wow. 
you, you, you really, you really made a lot of horrible mistakes. I said, yeah. <laughs> Are you, and they said, Are you okay being honest about it, right? And writing about it. And, and even one of the guys, Matt Bomber, you know, one of the, one of the publishers there, he said, yeah. wow, man, you were really good at sh shooting yourself in the foot, you know? I mean, every single, you know, every single country song line, you know, bless my heart. I mean, it was all, it was right. all in there. In fact, this whole, my whole story is a country, is a country song, really. But um, yeah, so to answer the question, John, 2015, uh, I just went into for a, a routine check, you know, with really? my doctor and, and a guy named Dr. Steve Galen, who, I, who by the way, gets free uh, Rams football tickets, uh, season tickets every year because he saved my life. Yeah. But okay, so we're, let's, let's, let's talk to some men here. So the, thing, the test that you get is the PSA test, right? Blood test for your prostate. And then uh, if it's a good doctor, the doctor will also do the digital rectal exam, which is uncomfortable mm -hmm. for, for both parties. But what I know now as an expert in this area is that there are a lot of doctors who aren't doing that second part of the test. Yep. If, if my doctor hadn't been relentless and done that test, I, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. It would have ended wow. five really? years ago. Yeah. So my PSA was a 0.4. And what that means for five years, what that means is nothing going on, right? In your, really? in your prostate. Everything is fine. I mean, I was, a, you know, my heart beats at 49 beats a minute. I've always stayed in really good shape. Wow. I eat, I eat well. I went in there and the doctor did the digital rectal exam. He goes, whoa, which is really what you want when your doctor's behind you giving you a test. You're going, whoa. And I'm like, I, I mean, I could, I'm getting chills now, Paul, just, just telling you this story. Wow. Right, right. Wow. See? Um, and so uh, I go, what is it? He goes, he goes something's, something's different. And something different ended up. Uh, progressing into let's go get a sonogram let's do a biopsy and then when we got to the biopsy there's a thing called the Gleason score which you don't mm -hmm. need to know about but basically it's I hit a home run with, with cancer tumors so three wow. of my tumors were Gleason 9s which, which meant that the cells when they looked at them were poorly differentiated you couldn't tell the cancer cells from the good cells and uh, the doctor said to us in Los Angeles he said you know you should probably said this to Connie who was uh, who was in the meeting after the exam after the biopsy, you uh, should probably get your affairs in order and go try to make oh, lemonade, lemonade out of lemon. <laughs> Great uh, yeah, bedside manner. And, uh, and so, of course, we had to hit him with, what do you think? How many, how long, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I can't you want yeah, to know that. Yeah. I can't even make sense. And they were like, well, 18 months to two years, we can probably be guaranteed that. I was like, thanks for the guarantee. So we, you know, because of what we do, we do, uh, 33 hours of radio a, a week, my wife and I, and she does the health portion. Yeah, and your wife, just uh, most people would know, but Connie no, sorry, Selica, yeah. Connie Selica, tremendous actress in her own right, an actor, and and uh, great career. But but you guys, how long have you been married, John? Uh, on April 4th of 2020, it was 28 years. Fantastic. Yeah. So now this is, this is uh, upsetting everything. I mean, this changes... This pivots your world. Right, right. And, and the first thing I, right. So it was, here I am with this diagnosis and we went into, into sixth gear on a Mustang, right? It was, it was mm -hmm. like, okay, I got to find out everything, you know? And I grew up in the research world anyway. So, um, I mean, just as far as, you know, a journalist. And, right. and so I read Patrick Walsh's book, Surviving Prostate Cancer. And uh, it really is sort of the Bible of that. It's been rewritten now. And the reason it's been rewritten is that the book that I read did not give me a chance at all with three. Wow. Books. Yeah. So I'm reading a book as encouragement and it's all like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And by the way, we don't even, we, we don't operate on these amounts. 
Wow. And so I sort of blood drained out of me. And I did what I normally do is I cold called Patrick Walsh, right, at, at uh, Johns Hopkins. And he was retired. And, and I talked my way in saying I wanted to do an interview with him, which is, you know, he, he's okay with it now, but I definitely, um, I, I'm sort of that person. And that'll be, well, that, not that, only that, but you yeah. were trained in that because, yeah. Yeah. because you ended up uh, at a very young age at uh, CBS television in New York, right? Right. Yeah. I was the, I was the youngest correspondent at CBS at um, at 23 years old. Yeah, and and, yeah. and you guys become uh, experts. Uh, I tell I told somebody one time I, they said I can't get into this convention. They, they need pass. I said it's very easy to get in anywhere. You just go backstage, you pick up a chair, and then you carry the chair in. That's great. Nobody stops a person carrying a chair I, I'm, I'm taking that man i'm taking that I'm serious. I, get, anyway. I, I get thrown out of everything now my wife like she likes to uh, uh she likes to crash weddings with my daughter who's 25 and they'll, <laughs> they'll be at a resort or something and they'll do that and i go okay and i go and then some, somebody what the guard who's over 50 or whatever will recognize me and go mr tesh you don't belong here i get thrown out oh really um, you don't get the yeah. bill murray uh, treatment no no no, no. And, 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 oh. and the best thing is that my yeah so yes being pushy as a journalist with a microphone in your hand, I, I sort of, I, even so though- So you went after Patrick Walsh. And I did, I did. Got inside. And he said, and I said, um, yeah, and, I, and this, is, this is really useful to guys who are, you yeah. know, I mean, even at 40 years old, you know, de de depending on, uh, well, I mean, even at 40 years old, you, you, I think you need to go check. Um, but um, what happened was I went after him and I'm talking to him. It was interesting because I, oh, oh, Mr. Tesh, my, uh, my, my assistant says that you're a journalist. How, how may I help you? I got him on the line. And this is in the book. And, and he says, uh, uh, I start telling him, you know, I start asking him questions. He goes, I said, I'm a journalist and this and that. And, and you know, I wanted to know about it. And he goes, sounds like you're a journalist with prostate cancer. <laughs> he sort of busted me within like, you know. So I'm sure that it, like this probably happened to him four times before I called. You know? Yeah. So, uh, so I said, I said, I, you know, I think you're the only one that can save my life. Wow, because uh, he was the one that pioneered one of the pioneers of the, pro of the robotic assisted laparoscopic uh, yeah. prostatectomy. And uh, he said, I, I'm retired and then the blood drained again. Uh, and he said, but there's a guy that I trained myself who treats aggressive prostate cancer aggressively. And I think wow. he's the only guy that, that, can, that can do the job. There was a guy named Ted Schaefer who was at Johns Hopkins. And, and um, we sent all the data because my, Connie, my wife, is just one of the amazing advocates. I mean, she just keeps everything and copies of it. And, and you're not going to tell her, no, I, I, you know, you can't have a copy of this. This is my so right. That, she'll she'll so hold that, up a document, you know. So that same discipline that it takes, the tenacity to be an actor, the the memory thing. She became a medical professional quickly. Yeah, I mean, you you, you just you just said it perfectly. Where, where in fact during the journey, whatever we were at, you know, MB Anderson after that, and also Northwestern mm. University and Johns wow. Hopkins, more than one person, more than one surgeon, when we were in meetings would say, uh, are you a healthcare professional? You know, because <laughs> she, you know, because she had yeah, downloaded everything into her brain yeah. and she knew what machines were doing the scans. Wow. Know. So, I mean, yeah. So that, I mean, one of the bottom lines of this discussion is you really need to have um, an advocate but when we uh, when when we gave the data to, to to Doctor, we sent it to Doctor Schaefer. We just had his email address. We didn't even have uh, hadn't even met him. And within five minutes of hitting send, because we got that from, from Walsh, my phone rang. It was him in his car. And wow. so he said he, he was just he's this kind of guy, right? Like a warrior. And he just goes, 
John, listen, I've, I've, I've looked at your stuff, and I said, while you're driving? He goes, yes, it's important. He said, Dr. Wallace told me what was going on. I, I can save your life. Wow. And Connie, Connie and I, of course, just, you know, just, uh, you know, just devolved into tears. And uh, he, said, he said the same thing, Wallace, he's like, treat uh, aggressive uh, cancer uh, aggressively. And, and so within, I don't know, a month, I mean, we moved into moved to Baltimore and, and spent uh, like a month there. And uh, what happened to me was that we had, we, they, they got the cancer out of my, out of my, removed my prostate, got the cancer yeah. out of and, and, and the, 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 the interesting thing about what's happening now, as opposed to 20 years ago, 20 years ago, you would lose, you'd lose bowel function, you'd lose bladder right, function, you'd, you'd lose, definitely lose sexual function, you would. But the, the, the other name for the radical uh, robotic surgery is nerve sparing uh, technology. Hmm. So what they go in is they actually lift the nerves, you know, up. Wow. And so the nerves aren't cut out because they usually just sort of cut out that yeah, whole area just, and they, they would cut you. Yeah, everything's gone. Yeah. So, but what happened was after the, after the surgery, which was supposed to be two hours and just four and a half hours is that my, my body shut down. And so my, my bowel system shut down. I ended up mm. called, it, called it ileus and that's a blockage in your, uh, in your intestine. It just causes you to throw up and here you are throwing up and you've got, you know, as you're going to wreck the stitches and you're going to start bleeding and everything. So mm -hmm. there was panic in this, and this, you know, the, the book, the way we did the, the, the relentless book is that, we titrated the cancer story throughout. So it's almost like, like, um, you know, looking like a, like a, this is us show. If you've ever seen that show, you know, you look yeah. back and, and then you continue with my story. Then you look back and, you know, it finishes off with my, my faith journey. But, um, yeah. So, what, what and, and that's, that's actually, uh, because in reading the forward, uh, your prologue, excuse me, is, is, uh, you actually do that. You use that as a thread, but do you go thinking back on, Right. Because here you are, you know, I mean, at this point in time, you've got this disease that doesn't care what your background is. You've won six uh, Emmy Awards, you're nominated for Grammys, you've sold millions of albums, been on the biggest stages of the world, uh, met amazing people, had an incredible life, married a beautiful woman, had a great daughter, all these sorts of things. And at this point, you're, you're the guy on the table. How do you deal with that? internally where do you have to go in order to endure or or keep some sort of sense of tenacity there john first of all thanks for putting me right back on the bed i really do appreciate that i have to go now <laughs> um yeah so uh we were actually excited about and 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 just really encouraged about uh about getting the cancer out. And that's a lot of people that, that who have yeah. cancer, they'll tell you that, you know, that, so blood, blood disease, like leukemia and stuff like that, it's, it's, it, it's much, it, it can be much more challenging because it's like, wait a second, this is already all over all my body. I just yeah. looked at this as, even though it was in the engine room, so to speak, I just looked at it as we're going to pull this out. It's going to be great. You know, but we'll move on, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, and maybe we'll get some, yeah, I even say this in the book, maybe we'll get some good drugs. I was trying to just find a way to, you know, like, how, how am I going to enjoy this? You know? And so when I came to and, uh, and, and there, you know, I was getting ready to walk and do all that stuff, all of a sudden, I just got really, really sick. And at mm -hmm. the moment that they, they and, and you can just tell, you know, one of the things I, I love to read books like this. And so I wrote one like this and it was hard for me. It was like two and a half years of writing. It was supposed to be six years, but I'm not, I just don't, I don't, I don't churn out books. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. It's because you're always second guessing yourself. Yeah. You know? Relentless is, is, uh, is very real. It's well, what I liked, what I did was vulnerable. In, what I did in most, in a, in a lot of the situations, and I fought with the with one of the uh, 
editors about this and the publisher was, of course, uh, was I, I changed tenses. So what would happen is we, I, would, I would be talking about something and then I would flip a switch and then for like 5,000 words, I'd be in present tense because I felt like whether it was when we were in the Red Rocks Amphitheater and, and we almost lost our house at the concert there that we could talk about, or whether I was laying on the bed and I'm looking out at the nurses and the doctors and, and, and they're hustling around and they have really worried looks on their face. Wow. That's happening. That, when you read that, it happens now, you know? And so yeah. you're actually in that bed, just like you asked, right in that bed with me. And what they had to do is they had to uh, administer what's known as an NG tube. And uh, that goes into your nose, a large tube that goes into your nose, and then you have to swallow the tube into your stomach, and then they pump your stomach out. And you have to be awake. They can't use any painkillers or relaxing drugs or any of that stuff because they need you to be able to pay yeah. attention and swallow. And, 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 and you know, the very thing that, that they were trying to fix was, was caused by, by, by being under for too long with too much anesthesia. And at that moment, just to paint the picture for you, at that moment, uh, as the blood was pouring out of my left nostril, and, and the, the nurse is going, swallow, 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 Mr. Tesh, you have to swallow. And I'm gagging, and I look at my wife, and my wife is, is you know, holding my hand, squeezing my hand, just, she's fighting wow. back tears. And I just looked at her, and I said, I said, kill me, you know? And, <laughs> wow. and it was uh, the thing I hated the most. <laughs> About about recording the audiobook is that I had to I had to go through it again. You know? Yeah. But uh, that was that was the moment where there was no there were no stages there was no piano yeah. in front of me there was no uh, I, I I didn't even have I didn't even have enough energy to, to to pray you know it just I just I had to rely on the faith of my wife and and uh, I just I knew that if I and I was planning in my head if I ever get out of this I'm gonna strap the kettlebells on my jump into the pool because not only and this is what happens when you're a cancer patient not only am, am i suffering but i know that my family is suffering yeah but your wife you, you guys uh your faith you had to hold on to something yeah yeah i mean uh connie had to have faith for both of us you mm. know when you're when you're nausea is a terrible thing right okay any any pain is a terrible right thing. um but 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 nauseousness, I mean, that's what they used to, you know, back in World War One. they used to explode those grenades, to, to, I don't know whether it was mustard gas, whatever, that would make uh, people nauseous and then they would just give up, you know? Wow. And that's really, it's just, it's just, you know, everybody who's listening to this has had the flu, right? At, at some time, uh, the stomach flu. And, and so, yeah, Connie had to have, had so her, thing. so she, yeah. So at that point, it's, it is, uh, it's kind of like when Lazarus is in this, grave and i always ask guys you know you, you got to put yourself there how much faith did he have to be raised from the dead well yeah 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 he didn't have, he was, no, none 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 <laughs> i'll answer your question none. yeah so so here's jesus shows up and uh and so we have to you know that's where brotherhood comes in for me that's where identity purpose and brotherhood are uh are three you know three strands of a cord that that makes it yeah. strong yeah and yeah. you've got to have somebody there. So thank God for a marriage that stayed strong. And you know, but John, you know the stats. The stats are an awful lot of these marriages that get into this level of depth of of stuff that's going on physically. A lot of them break up. I do know that, and it almost happened to me. So there's a uh, there's a book. There's a chapter in my book called Pity Party. I I wrote it last. I didn't want to read it. I didn't want, I'm sorry, I didn't want to 
write it. Did my right. Um, yeah, um, because it was really showing my 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 weakness. And in fact, um, Connie didn't ask me to, to to write it, and she and she would she'd be uh, it would be understandable if she did. But it was at the point when I had been through what happens what happens with all the, the, the treatments. So people say, ah, the treatment's worse than worse than the disease. Yeah, it can be. Wow. So after after two surgeries, the cancer kept coming back. 2015 surgery, and then six months, and they give a scan. They say, "Yeah, we think we see a lymph node." And then, can we biopsy that? So they go, "Oh, can we do a bone uh, biopsy, which is really a party?" Uh, and then it's like, "Ah, we do. Uh, we can't do any more thing more for you here at Northwestern. Why don't you go to MD Anderson? Here's this guy, Dr. Christopher Logopedis." And I get there, and he goes, "Yeah." We see some stuff, but we need to go back in again and pull it out, pull out like 80 or lymph nodes, really test them, put them into rats and stuff. And all of a sudden, now you're a big, big experiment, you know. Wow. So this is all happening for three years, and uh, it just wears you down, you know. And and so I became a cancer patient, uh, and and this is really important because I, you know the, the big message that I want to leave before you and I uh, leave this conversation is that I do believe, in large part, that I gave myself cancer. I believe that I manifested it in my life, and I'll tell you how I know this, because my dad got cancer at 63 years old and died in four months. Mm. And I, I got cancer in the same year as my, as my dad at 63 years old, only three months apart, right? Because I was worried about that my whole life. All I, all I, and I wow. spoke it out loud. It came out of my mouth. Wow. It came out of my mouth. And I didn't really know, I read it, but I didn't really know the true meaning of Proverbs 18:21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And I was, I was eating those words. I, I, I mean, my, my brain hurt it. it. It affected me at the subatomic level. I'm not sure what you believe about quantum physics, but, and, yeah. and, and, and then understanding what, what did Jesus, if you want to go back to Lazarus, what did Jesus say to Lazarus? He said, Lazarus come forth. So, so Jesus was, he, he was, I mean, we're, we're not there yet, but, Mark eleven twenty three is tattooed on my left arm, and everybody in my family has it on. Whatever you feel about tattoos, but Mark eleven twenty three says, "Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will be done, shall have what he says." I was saying that I had cancer, and so you when were, I look you back, you were prophesying over yourself, right? But I didn't yeah. get Mark eleven. I didn't get to Mark eleven twenty three until I was three years into the cancer battle when a friend of ours. Uh, Cha-Cha Sandoval said, hey, you know, who was also a cancer survivor, you might like this CD. And she handed, handed us the CD when Connie and I were getting ready to get back in the car. And I, 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 everybody was handing the CDs and manuals and pamphlets. Yeah, and yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're sending love and lights, you know, like, okay. So Connie puts the thing in the, in, the, in, the, in the car stereo and this guy comes out who sounds like Gomer Pyle and he's like yelling at us, saying, "You know, you, you, you guys, it's wrong thinking. You're killing yourself. You got to come up with a better way to pray." Which was the name of this CD series, and it was all about landing on Mark eleven twenty three, wow. and and about and about even even Third John, you know, below, you know, above all, I wish that you would prosper and be in good health. You see, you know, this is the nature of God. God doesn't put sickness on people. You know, I'm like, what? I thought, because I thought that this was this was for me to have a ministry that God was doing this. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Isaiah, of course, of course, Isaiah 53, you know, by and First Peter 2:24, all this yeah. stuff, you know, by His stripes you were you were healed. And I was like, right. wait a second, I've been killing myself, and so wow. so we ended up going to 
Karis Bible College. We moved there a couple oh, of times. Oh, okay, yeah, is, Colorado Springs, sure. Right, so Andrew Womack, yeah. right? And, yeah. and, uh, and, then, and then we went to Curry Blake's to find healing uh, techniques and stuff. Wow. And so we got about 100, while, while I was still facing the, all these tests and everything, we got about 100 hours of, of divine healing of our thoughts. That's fantastic. You know, it is fantastic. It's, 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 uh, I mean, just hearing you talk about it uh, is uh, is uplifting, you know, it's uplifting. And and then the fact that everybody got the same tattoo, I think that's pretty cool. Actually, you know, what is it? The family that inks together stays. Right. Right. And when you post that, you post that on Facebook, you know, know, God doesn't want you to get a tattoo. Okay. Fine. Delete. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, Hey, Hey, here's the deal. You know, that stuff, frankly, those are, um, I want to get it, but that's that's who Jesus usually had problems with was religious people. Yeah, you know, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and you know, it's. I just go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. No, I'm just saying. You know, John, he hung out with the guys like Zacchaeus, and then even some of the guys he chose were a little sketchy. Oh, know? for sure, they weren't sure. the guys I mean, who measured up. They, they and so. Yeah. Uh, so when Andrew was giving this, uh, he's giving one of those messages, and the, and yeah. the cool thing about technology, I mean. Listen, going to the coronavirus, technology is, is real. I mean, it's, it's the only thing we oh, have my for socialization. Goodness, man. It's, it's tremendous. We'll be right back with Paul's interview with John Tesh here on the Brave Men podcast. CMN.men is uh, your destination for all things Christian Men's Network. And you'll want to go there and check it out. There's a couple key things I want to point out for you today that are uh, during this season when we're in uh, coronavirus and, and quarantine as we record this. Uh, majoringinmen.com is absolutely free. Typically, there's a small fee for that. But right now, if you go to majoringinmen.com, you can subscribe, set up your account, and go through an eight-week course uh, that's quick and uh, that's phenomenal. And I'll, you'll want to go check that out, majoringinmen.com. Uh, cmn.men, uh, there's tons of resources available. And uh, if you find that this is a, a valuable, valuable resource for you, we'd love your support. Um, you can find the ways to do that all there at cmn.men. And finally, uh, Paul uh, does want to hear from you if you have ideas for this podcast or if you have somebody we'd like to interview. Um, please drop us an email. You can email Paul directly at paul at cmn.men. And so uh, let's go back to uh, Paul's discussion with John Tesh here on the Brave Men podcast. You and I both have a broadcast background, of course, on a different level than I did. But at the same time, man, to see Greg Laurie have 11,000 uh, yeah. professions of Christ on one Sunday because the president uh, tweets right. out, right. I'm going to watch Greg on TV today or on, right. you know, online, right. and a million and a half people show up. Yeah. And 11, you know, that stuff's. And then uh, Bobby Grunewald and, and Craig Groeschel and the guys that built that online church a platform they've got 23,000 churches on it now they had over 100,000 salvations last week yeah, yeah just on that platform we're, we're, we're getting used to it you know we're getting used to being connected like this this so, is uh, man this yeah. is fantastic in one sense it's tragic and yet it's i think it's it's uh, going to put a new arc on mm-hmm. the church and church life and what we do mm-hmm. and yeah. how we do it and some of the stuff most likely because of your broadcast and because of your background and and then also as a as a musician and a communicator, really, you communicate art. You know that's what you do, and all of that now is rather than just being, uh, you know, the sidebar on a Robert Schuler show. Right. Now it's it's like this is 
part of what makes a fully orbed person, you know, art and uh, writing and all this. So I think it's fantastic. I think it's well, and what and, and, and the way the what was great for me was that, um, you know, these guys, uh, Andrew Womack and Curry Blake and Barry Bennett, another teacher in yeah. Paris, that they put all their stuff on YouTube. So yeah. I, did, I was making these playlists. And so instead of listening to, you know, my own music or, or some or some stupid show, you know, I, I, I realized before I even understood it that I was renewing my mind. This was all I was listening to. Wow. It was just all of these, all of these teachings, you know. And what Andrew did at one point, and I do this frequently, and I, I love this story, is that he was, he was very much about imagination. You know, I mean, everybody talks about visualization. And I've interviewed so many high-level guys, whether it's, you know, Franz Kwammer, the legendary downhill skier. Oh, yeah, he was Or Jimmy Connors or Kerry Strug or... Yeah, or, focused or, or, guys. Or Alberto Salazar, you know, they're, they're the uh, the great marathoner is they they're all able to see it before before it happens, right? And so what yeah. Andrew Andrew would do, and, and you're gonna love this, is that he teaches that what he did for a, for an entire year was he would imagine himself as the person being healed in the Bible, and then imagine himself as Jesus healing that person. So yeah. whether it, whether it was blind Bartimaeus. Or whether it was the, the the man who was lowered through the to the top of the, the house, or it was uh, uh, yeah. or it was uh, Talitha who was I think hired uh, uh, by by Peter, or or even the woman with the issue of blood touching the hem yeah. of his garment. He would just imagine himself at being healed and as the healer. And and what is it? Because uh, I have this. I'm always quoting the scripture, First John four seventeen, as he is, so are we in this world. And yeah. that's what that's what Andrew was teaching. Is that you have. You have the authority when Jesus went to, and, and let's talk about the church, for example. Church, amazing, right? I grew up in the church, in Methodist Church on Long Island. But a lot of churches, for various reasons, teach that Jesus went to the cross to take our sins. But in the, you know, in, in the Bible, and also in the Old Testament, is he took our griefs and sorrows, translated yeah. into Greek, is sickness. Yeah. So we, you know, this virus that came after us, the cancer that came after me, it's a spirit of infirmity. And, and once you see it as that, and once I started seeing it as that, as that, when they wanted to give me my final treatment, when they found another, they found another lymph node that lit up with, with an experimental test. And, wow. and, and, and so we were so far in the weeds. We just wanted every bit of microscopic cancer out of, out of my body. But we had been trained up, Connie and I had, in this and what you and I are talking about right here, which obviously you believe in. And, and so we got to the radiation oncologist and he said he outlined how he was gonna do 62 treatments. Uh, in a 3D fashion of my pelvis and just a carpet bomb my pelvis as he put it. And so he went through the contraindications of the, of the collateral damage. He said, well, you might lose bowel function, you lose bladder function. And when he got to some of the functions that I was really fond of in that area, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, you know, it was just a, it was like, it was noise. Right? I just kept going. Wow. And, and I'm looking at Connie across the room. She's sitting in a chair across the room and I'm right in front of the doctor. So the doctor can't see her face. So, and men will really, really appreciate this, uh, this allegory is I, I, I can see Connie's face and see the doctor at the same time. And so I'm going like this. And then Connie looks at me and she just goes like just imperceptive, like a tiny little eyebrow flash and a little shake of the head to the left. And I, and I, I had the same eyebrow flash back to her. And if you've seen that, if you're a guy and you haven't seen the movie 300, then you need to watch it immediately. Yeah. And, it's, and it's the moment, the moment that, that flashed in my brain was when King Leonidas is is being threatened by the Persian mess messenger and, right. and by, by by the king uh, Xerxes. He's being threatened that he needs to pretty much bow down to to Xerxes. 
Uh, Leonidas is trying to make a decision on what to do for, for, the, for his Spartan world. He looks back at his Spartan bride. She gives that eyebrow flash. Connie's never seen this film. She gives that eyebrow flash back to him. He does a little tiny nod and then looks back at the messenger and promptly kicks him into the well as he's screaming, this is Sparta. And that's what happened. We walked out of there. Wow. And I, I never had another scan. We, we, knew, we knew that, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's Psalm 118, you know, I will live and not die and declare Come the on. of the Lord. And then, and then two years, like a year after that, I, had a, I, I agreed to a blood test. I wouldn't go back in for more radiation. All the tumor markers are gone. Uh, all of the, you know, the inflammation markers Come are, on. You know, for cancer. They're all, you know, and I was also healed of, of, of um, arthritis at the same time. So I have no more arthritis in my, in, in my right ankle. So now I've got the obligation of the cure. And I, have, I said, listen, and so in concerts now, I mean, it's crazy. At the end of the concert, I put up a scripture. I did a PBS special that's now running. Put up Mark eleven twenty three and tell my story because I couldn't I couldn't successfully share the gospel until I shared my testimony. Wow! You don't have to have cancer to do that, obviously, but but I couldn't figure out how to share the gospel, and, and it was well, just tell your story, John. Tell your story. You yeah. know when when Jesus healed the uh, there was a man. You know uh, Mark five, he's demon possessed, and Jesus uh-huh. cast the demons out, and he says, "Hey, I, I want to follow you," and Jesus says, "No, no, no, don't follow me." And, and if you read the thing, he says, he says, so the man took off. I mean, this is interesting. He's a demon-possessed guy who's, who's basically, we would say, in the margins of culture, living in a cemetery. Jesus heals him and says, uh, don't follow me, but go tell everybody what just happened. Right. And then it says he goes to the 10 towns, the Decapolis, and we find out that 40 years later, when, when Jerusalem was destroyed in 69 A.D., that when the Christians ran for their lives, so they were called the people of the way, when they ran for their lives, they found refuge and they found churches and they found places they could live as they ran east in a place called the Decapolis, the 10 cities, which is where this guy went. And so it's fascinating that, that um, God would, would tell this guy didn't go to school. He didn't learn to be a preacher. All he did was tell his story. All I did was tell a story. I was this, and now I'm that. You know, I was I was uh, blind. Now I can see. I was in the darkness. I am in the light. And every man has a story, John. And I I love the fact that you tell the story, because story is what drives us. In fact, story is how you made your living. Yeah, most of your life. Yeah. You know, yeah. your music yeah. story, right? Yeah. The most amazing thing that happened to me during this, I, I really, you know, I'm always talking on the radio show, you know, we're giving other people's advice, right? And, and in vetting and curating that advice. And so yeah. many people are now saying, you have, especially, you know, when, you, when you're going through the, you know, the uh, quarantine stuff is a journal, you know, write, write down your yeah. fears, offload them before you go to bed, you know? And I'm, I'm just not, I'm, I'm not really consistent at anything other than just doing everything you know it's like let's work out now wait let's go over here let's do this let's do that you know and my wife was like oh my gosh you're like a whirling you're, you're dervish a, you know? you're a true artist oh my gosh you know and and so i until you give me an assignment it's like hey john your album is due in september then then at least i have a, a deadline that i'm going to miss four times you yeah know? um and that's what happened with this with, with the book was i was forced well sell again self-inflicted i was forced to go back and connect the dots and actually call friends who said asking them and even old, you know, family members I haven't talked to in 20 years. What was I, how did, you know, what was I doing then? Called John Stossel and Meredith Vieira, who were in the newsroom with me at WCBS in 76. And 
and uh, and have a conversation with even Mary Hart, you know, and and, uh, and then the, the guy who first hired me, you know, doing uh, doing radio, and and so what, when I looked back on that, the first thing that came to me was, oh my gosh, there really is a Holy Spirit, you know, and yeah. and that's at, at that moment I went and got baptized in the Holy Spirit, realizing that the first baptism, the water baptism, was was great, right, but but when when the power come the Holy Spirit descends on you and, and you get the fullness and you get power. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And, and then learning how to, you know, learning how to speak in tongues and, you know, understanding that I only have so many words in my language and I, yeah. need, I need to use the yeah, other yeah. language. And, Personal prayer and I, language. I, 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 yeah, I realized that even when I, I was a Christian, I wasn't going to church. It's like, this is in 1973 and I was homeless in a, in a, in a you know, living in a park for a while. Which is in the uh, book. But, but, right, right. Which is in what, the book. What, right, right, right. You're homeless. Yeah, this is, you're yeah. homeless. You're living in a, a what a park, a state park. Yeah, 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 park. Yeah, and and uh, and then three years later, you're on. You're like a stud on national television. Yeah, I had. If you've, ever, if you've ever read about uh, Hernan Cortez, who burned his ships. Yeah, sure. Of it's course. a great. Yeah, it's a great metaphor for, yeah. for Christian speakers too. I I burned my I burned them right down to the water uh, because. What happened was, and this is, I mean, the real theme of the book is, is watch me get out of stuff, you know, <laughs> and, uh, uh, but that's, but look, but looking back, it really was, I, I understood that, 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 that the Holy Spirit did, it was in fact, not a condemner, but a comforter. And, and yeah. he was, he was bringing things to my, my remembrance and also showing me things to come. But I wasn't, when I was in it, it's like, I mean, I'm, it must be that way for a soldier where you're. You know, you're reacting and you're and you're fighting yeah. and, and you have flight yeah. or flight hormones and then you go back and you look at that and you're like, wow, I see why I did that. You know, and that yeah. happened to me. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Proverbs four: Who a man is in his heart is who he really is. Right. And you know, and then you're talking about what you've been talking about and what happens through this book is is uh, Romans twelve two. Your life is changed by the change in the way you think. Yeah, I like know, I like Rome, yeah, I like Romans four seventeen too. Well, which is, I, yeah, God calls forth those things that be not as though they were. Yeah, I, though they I'm were. always I'm declaring that over the virus. That in Psalm ninety one, no plague, no plague. Come on, man, no plague, absolutely, bro. <laughs> you know, and I don't doubt. Listen, I have a, a friend who uh, pastors in Josh Kelsey, who pastors in New York, and it's C three New York. NYC, and and he two years ago had a vision, and he's in prayer, and he does, he's not given to that kind of thing. And he saw this red dragon over the city. Oh, and then it got corroborated about a year later by another guy who he's praying with another pastor in the city. And they go, Hey, you know, I had this weird thing. And Josh like, man, I had the same thing. And then what they both saw was that the more that we prayed, the more that we interceded, the more that we came together as a body of Christ, the enemy was defeated. Mm. And they saw that happen. And, you know, I'm not given to, you know, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah uh, 29, verse 11, we all quote, yeah. but in the first part of that, it's a letter to the guys who are in exile. They're in captivity, Daniel and all those guys. And he doesn't tell them, get out of there. He says, he says, plant. And I've got a whole thing we did about this on, on, our, uh, on our podcast recently. And, and he said, plant and multiply, be excellent, do what you know to do. And then the, what, the last thing he said right before he says, and then I know the thoughts I have for you, give you future and hope, not for your destruction. The last thing he says is, don't pay attention. He says, don't listen to the prophets and, and those of um, magic and divination who say they speak in my name because they don't. 
and their lies. And so what I'm saying is that there's a lot of stuff flying around because we're in this connected internet. We're all into it right now because we're working from home or whatever it may be. But there's a lot of spurious stuff. And we've got to be, uh, we've got to stay focused on Christ and who he is and, and be connected in the word. Because John, I've seen so many, this coronavirus thing has stirred up the crazies. Yeah. And I've seen so much stuff come along and we have to be able to test this and say, you know what, here's what the word of God says. Yeah. The word of God says, he's my rock. The word of God says, in, you know, and not get ourselves all stirred up and obsessed with things, but stay connected into being a follower of Christ in fullness and truth. So I, I, you know, man, I, this book, and again, I want to mention relentless and the uh, cut line on it is, is uh, I had it here a second ago. Here it is, living a life of persistence, purpose, and faith. And if, if there's any, and I love purpose because of the whole purpose plan thing, but uh, persistence, man, that's, that's where it's at. It's tenacity, grit, perseverance, persistence, not only in your life as a, uh, in this amazing career you've had in all these different aspects of art and uh, communications, but just in the fact that you stayed after, hey, who who's John? Who's Connie? What's this about? And then begin to find, here's the word of God, begins to open up to you. And now you've got it. Uh, you not only have it written in your heart, you get it written on your arm. Yeah, that, that's that's well done. Um, you know, you know I, I, I want to make sure everybody understands that the, the, the thing that really uh, played such a role, you know, including my my new revelation of healing, the thing that played a huge role in, in my life was, was being equally yoked in my yeah. relationship. You know, yeah. and before, you know, men who are listening before you, I, Connie and I were both married before and we were not equally yoked. Uh, and, and we found each other, it, we found each other in 1991. And, uh, and it's actually a, a chapter in the book that when you read it, you're going to shake your head. It's called, it's two chapters on how I met and married Connie. And, and one of them, the first one is, Helen of Troy riding a bicycle. I, I saw her. You know, I saw I that said, and hadn't read that chapter yeah, yet. And yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, my favorite part of the whole book was writing the chapter headings, you know, because they're also weird. No, they um, are. They yeah, are. Uh, yeah. How dumb can you be and still breathe? That's from Andrew Lomond. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's, he'll, he'll yell that at you. You know, it's like, I'm sorry, you believe that God put this on you? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's how dumb can you be and still breathe? And then there's the last, one of the last chapters. Well, live, living under the word is the last chapter, but the yeah. second to last chapter is the crack den. And, and that's, that's my son and I, who was, I think, 13, 14 at the time. I can't remember how old he was. But that's my son, uh, Gib and I, my stepson, who uh, went and did an intervention on Connie's brother, who was a crack addict. For wow. and, and, but, but the chapter happens to be hilarious, you know, because it's just where it's, it's like a father-son picnic. You know, it's like John and Gib don't go to Promise Keepers; they go to the Crack Den. You know, um, so there's some there's some there's some fun stuff in there. But uh, but yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I, what I was going to say, I'm sorry, I didn't finish. Yeah. It, was, it was that was that um, being believing together the same exact thing. Connie and, and Connie. I are so we are yeah. yeah, me and Connie, we are so different. We she would never. I watch Gladiator once a month. She would never watch that movie. <laughs> I, I cannot take the the. Uh, I have to be. I have to be handcuffed to watch This Is Us. It's a nice show and everything. No, it's, you know what that's called? That's called laying down your life. Yeah. For yeah, your wife, yeah. yeah. And, and, and loving, I, I understand when my wife... Christ loved the church. Yeah, I understand that when my wife, you know, said, yeah, you know, bids and says, hey, look at this video or that. Or, you know, that, that, I, 
I, and I should not expect the same in return, you know? But anyway, when, when all of a sudden we're so, we're so different, she's so organized and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm the crazy guy that I do, but anybody yeah. who listens to this knows that now. Um, but we, that, that the thing about, you know, what we believe about, um, about how, you know, newborns deserve life and yeah. about that God promises healing. I mean, all the, yeah. all the big stuff, I've tried it, and that's the other thing. I'm 67, right? And so, if you want to read this book, it's you, you can look under the hood. You can pick any chapter. You don't have to go through. You know, it's not like. And then first I did this, and then I did that. But it's a chance to look under the hood and see a lot of mistakes. And and that that when when I used a process which included that that cut line, when I used a process that included not only faith but also persistence and grit, yeah. and, and yeah. lived like Thomas Edison said. You know, Thomas Edison said. This is my favorite. This quote isn't even in the book. I discovered this later. But, but Edison says, because I'm always listening to these, these inspirational guys in my ear on YouTube, you know. Uh, but uh, Edison said, a lot of people miss an opportunity because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. Looks like work. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so much work. And, and even just training yourself to understand the promise of, of God, understanding that, that what what. How you know how you can get healed, and the other thing to remember too is that if I hadn't had faith for those doctors early on, wow. I'd be dead because I had yeah. not reached faith was all I had in the radiation uh, board. Yeah, most most uh, door to op- doors to opportunity are marked push. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you know, so this is uh, I, I just want to, John. Thanks for taking the time uh, and sharing your story. And man, you know, you you start talking about faith, it's kind of like uh, it's meat with a dog. It's just on it, man. But this book, Relentless, I, I just want to mention this again, because I, not only just somebody read it, but it's also something to give to a man who's on a journey. Yeah. And particularly guys who are uh, maybe a young man who's, who's trying to build his career, and he's like so intent on it. And you know, reading this and, the, and thank you for being honest because you talk about real stuff and you had the highest levels of success and you were in front of everybody at the Olympics on television and all these different things. But then you also talk about, you know, your worst nightmare, being homeless, this and that, this mistake. And like you said, coming out of one thing after another. So I recommend it not only uh, just for a read for, for us, but it's, this is something that you, you need to get one or two or three of them hand it to somebody who's going through transition in life because uh, when they get to the end and start seeing what the word really does in your life, yeah. it's a, it's a game changer, John. I, I appreciate it. This has been I, you know, I, I like, uh, I like, like reading memoirs because you know, you always see yourself. It's just naturally you see yourself in somebody else's memoir. I hope that works. Yeah, I do too. I, I, uh, uh, Stephen Mansfield is a friend of mine who's written a lot of books and he's written, uh, he wrote the book, uh, uh, the faith of Abraham Lincoln. He's written books on other guys, heroes like that. And man, I love that because it stirs us up because it's real life right. and it really happened. I just and, wrote uh, that down the faith of Abraham Lincoln. I'll, yeah, I'll Stephen be downloading Mansfield. that when we get off. <laughs> yeah. Stephen Mansfield, the PH. And uh, Stephen's an amazing speaker and leader and a great friend of ours with Christian Men's Network. John Tesh, thank you for it's taking the time to pray uh, blessings over you and your wife, Connie, and your family. And, uh, and your health journey is absolutely inspirational. And the beauty of this book is not only will it be inspirational, but it has the revelation because we don't change based on inspiration. We change because of a revelation mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. 
Amen. So Amen. thank you for the revelatory uh, part of that. And uh, we pray that every place you put your feet will be holy ground and everything you put your hands to will prosper and that the Lord will keep you in the palm of his hands. God thank bless you. you Thanks, man. God bless you. So, Paul, I actually just watched John Tesh's PBS special here a, a few weeks ago. And he uh, played the piano, and he had his family out, really? and uh, and his uh, uh, his yeah. kids, and yeah. they 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 uh, his daughter uh, danced, I believe, and his really? son played something. Uh, phenomenal! What a talent and uh, a Christ follower! Incredible. You know what? What is amazing to me is how uh, they hit this wall right with cancer, and this guy That's is crazy. successful. He's known all over the world, and and. Uh, Maybe, you know, because I was talking to him, Brian, I didn't kind of build it up as much as it could have been, but he's done concerts at all the major concert halls. You know, the, what's that one in London? It's real famous. You know, the, you know, all the- Prince Albert. Yeah, Prince Albert. He's just done them everywhere. Berlin Philharmonic, all this stuff. Sure. And then before that, he's this well-known announcer. He had uh, Entertainment Tonight. He was on that. He was Olympics and he writes all this stuff. I mean, this guy's big time, and, and he took a lot of time and talked with us, and we talked even afterwards, uh, after this interview. And You know, he's just, a, he's the real thing. But when they hit this, and the doctor came out, and remember that part, he said, he said he kind of looked over at his wife, Connie, and she just kind of gave him a little nudge of a nod, you know, and said, mm. we're not doing this. We're not going to do this. And he says they walked out of there, and they got that scripture, as they're listening to the CD from Mark 11, it just radically changed their lives. And then yeah. I, you know, he said, Brian, I don't know, you know, if, if he's, how many people even ask him about it, but I asked him, what's the tattoo Saturday? And when he mentioned it, he says, well, it says Mark 11, 23. So that was awesome. That was a great moment because I, I don't know if anybody knew about it before that. I didn't know. I honestly didn't know about it yeah. too. I've seen him interviewed uh, any number of times since his uh, uh, cancer healing and so, uh, yeah, and he said the markers are better all the time and, and, uh, absolutely amazing and just such a genuine guy. And, um, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. But, yeah. but he's really an artist because, you know, in that conversation and maybe he's a little bit like you and me because <laughs> he just goes over here and then, okay, we're coming back over here and then back over there. In fact, you know, I was trying to follow it again. I think I may have missed a couple, um, you know, a couple moments there uh, where I think I got us both off track and we just took off that direction. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so it's like, that's why it's a podcast. Yeah, it's okay. There you go. You it's can, good. It's brave minute. It's our podcast. Let's remind our listeners how much they pay for this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Paul, that was great. And, uh, um, yeah, what a great guy. If you'd like to, if you'd like to hear more of, uh, of, uh, interviews, uh, like John Tesh, uh, drop us an email, paul at cmn.men. Yeah, and hit that and, subscribe button. Oh, that'd be great. That's a huge deal because it not only means something to us, Brian, but it means something to uh, Apple and all these people who do the analytics because it shows that people are uh, are interested enough to do that. That's right. Yeah, we do appreciate all of our subscribers and listeners. And uh, thank you for tuning in uh, every week or sometimes twice a week uh, to the Brave Men podcast. So until uh, next time, uh, be sure and listen to us on all the platforms you can. You know what? They can subscribe on all the platforms, Paul, just like voting. Yeah, absolutely. Don't don't need to vote once. Yeah. Uh, Please don't 
that's not don't do that um so thank you for listening to this week's brave men podcast for paul cole i'm brian boyd have a great week and we'll see you next time you just experienced brave men with paul lewis cole paul is president of the christian men's network connect with paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.